Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker with the Topeka Rescue Mission. You're listening to Our Community, Our Mission, on August the 2nd, 2022. 2020, 2020, 2020. Yeah, Many 20s. There are many 20s. Yeah, just 22s. Um, anyway, well, we'll just keep going since we don't edit this program and uh, uh, our community our mission has been uh, rolling now this is 134th podcast Isn't that that's great? pretty cool i know that's so, amazing not only is it 134 but it's a special day in the united states of america what day is today it's voting day it voting is voting day, day. primary yeah, day okay. primary yeah. okay we're gonna Huge. get this one right we're gonna get this one right yeah yeah so uh i think a lot of people got to that already so hopefully you've voted um either in advance or you're gonna make it to the poll today because this is this incredible opportunity we have in this nation to be able to be a part of the decisions that go on in this country. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the how that works uh, with one of our special guests today. Yes. Um, but also, if you um, are listening to our community, our mission, and you uh, want to help to uh, promote that, you can subscribe, you can share, you can rate. Don't ask me how you do those, but I was told to say those things. Subscribe, share, and rate. And so my part is just to talk about it. So, uh, anyway. But subscribing doesn't cost anything, does Nothing. it, Barry? Oh, it doesn't, no. Oh, in this good. regard, it doesn't. No, it's all free. Right. It's all free. And We're, there's not a lot a in this world that's free. Cast near you. I know. So, <laughs> so good morning, Marion Crable and Amanda Broyles. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, on this election day, um, lots going on at Topeka Rescue Mission. Amanda, mm-hmm. um, our uh, new executive director, I say new, you're not new anymore. You've been doing this for three months. Ooh, I'm a pro. I mean, goodness. Just kidding. Big pro. <laughs> yes. So, Lamanda, what's going on with, with kids and families this morning? Sure. We um, have a back-to-school drive for school supplies going on um, over at our warehouse building, or 206 Northwest Norris. Um, there are signs up that show you where to park, where to come in. Uh, there is a very friendly face of an amazing volunteer checking everyone in. Um, there is a form that's online that needs to be completed. Um, just, it has some information so that we can kind of be prepared for you and make sure we have the right backpacks and the right supplies. Um, and then people can come and get free school supplies for their children. Um, you know, it was really neat. I was over there this morning watching and, um, I just hope that I never, ever, uh, begin to take anything for granted. Like I, I walked in and um, just seeing all of those fold up tables and, and they're just loaded with paper and pencils and glue and donated, donated um, people. And then there's tables, Barry, after tables of backpacks. And um, so you see this and uh, I actually was able to see a couple of my former students. Um, so that was a God thing to be there at the same time um, and, and to speak with a, a parent or two. Um, so just seeing how excited they are. And actually when I pulled up, I was walking in and, you know, being a past principal, this is something that's on my heart. But um, anytime you see joy on a kid's face, everybody falls in love with that. Mm -hmm. But there were two little boys and they literally were jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. The school supplies were almost going everywhere. The mom was picking one thing up, you know, (laughs) and was just trying to keep the excitement to just get to the car. Right. (laughs) Um, But it was so sweet. And and I just thought, man, I also hope that that mom or dad or any guardian that's coming in knows like, it's okay if you need some help right now. We we all do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had grandparents help with our girls' school supplies, you know. So just knowing that um, we don't look at it as charity. We look at it as, hey, this is a big 
um, kind of fact of life. School supplies are out there. It's a need. Inflation has happened. Um, and so we just want to walk alongside people during this season when school is about to start up in a couple of weeks. We know that it's a cost. We know it's an expense. And people can come here to get those expenses taken care of for free. One of the goals that we've always had with our kids that stayed at the mission is mm-hmm. that they may be homeless right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be staying in a homeless shelter. But when they walk into that classroom, They don't need to look like they're homeless. Mm -hmm. They need to have the clothes that every other kid has. They need to have all the school supplies. And uh, this course, this uh, this drive is for um, kids staying at the mission as well as any children children in the community. Miriam, I was learning some stuff today. We, uh, Lamanda, we kind of got slammed this morning. There was a lot more people that came than what we Mm -hmm. were thinking were going to come, which is one of those things that we're going to. Go out and get more supplies and yes. try to meet the demand. But Miriam, you were explaining to me how people <laughs> found out about this. Yes. And, and and this is just phenomenal to uh, you know, sure. some old timers that, you know, are, are living in black and white days, you I know. know. And, <laughs> but but the website, talk about that. Well, so our our uh, form to sign up was on our website, but yeah. then that gets captured and it hits social media and it just flies out. Mm-hmm. So we were getting messages last night from people saying, you know, we posted this on our coupon page. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's all different kinds of Facebook mm-hmm. pages that people can find anything or, you know, whether it's how to cook economical meals, whether it's where to find coupons for this and that. Well, this got posted to all different kinds of sites like that. And so then the response was just crazy, far more than what we could have probably reached on our own. And in so many ways, that is the incredibly positive thing mm-hmm. and sometimes the scary thing about mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. It can move really fast. Mm-hmm. It can go very quickly because people then share with their friends who share with their friends who share with their friends mm-hmm. in a split Boy, second. Well, sure saves in some uh, way we used to do is phone calls. Uh, people would mm-hmm. call, we'd yeah. track somebody available to mm. them, schedule a time for them to come, and now it's uh, almost no phone calls. Right. And it's all this internet stuff mm-hmm. right. and it spreads and spreads and spreads. It and does. So, but that's good because now Absolutely. people are, it's just amazing. I'm not on Facebook and I occasionally use the websites and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And for people to utilize that today, it's, it's, it's a whole different it, world. It's, and it's wonderful yeah. though. It's wonderful. I'm so glad that people who are in need found out yeah. that there was a resource for them yeah. and that the kids are excited. That to me is yes. the fun part. The kids are excited about going to school. Mm-hmm. And do you know who else was excited? Who? The volunteers uh-huh. and Holton, our new distribution um, center director, he was there and I stood there and watched a little bit um, because I didn't know what their kind of method was for sorting and I was going to help, but I didn't want to make it where I was messing something up. So I was literally going down and, and just kind of staying out of the way. And I look over at Holton and he is stuffing stuff and he's smiling and you could tell he has probably a thousand things on his mind, but he is literally doing it by like kind of dancing and doing and then turn around. Now, what did you say? Did you want this? Did you need this? And then he sees me and he goes, well, hello, LB. How long have you been here? (laughs) And I said, just long enough to enjoy your joy. And I just thought, you know, this morning when I woke up, I text James, um, our deputy director of community needs and services, and I text Holton and Mike, our our director and assistant director, and I just said, you know, I know today is really going to bring God glory, and it's not about numbers, it's about the heart. heart. And mm-hmm. right now, we had donors who gave money, we get we had donors who gave supplies, we have volunteers showing up, and we have staff who are doing this for nothing needed. Like we 
just want to do this. And that is what honors God. Mm -hmm. And so it would not matter if we had one or 1000. It's the fact of how we're doing that. Um, And to me, it was just an honor to, to be a part of this team. And this morning was just another reminder of that. Well, Mm -hmm. and and, then I was in Miriam's office when you called her saying, we need some more help. And she was calling the troops, air air traffic (laughs) controller. She was calling everybody and pulling them off their jobs and seeing who all could be available because so many people showed up. Anyway, teamwork, good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, want to move on to our guest today. Um, you already passed the test. What a special day today yes. is. It's primary election day. <laughs> Didn't even good have job to Google it. So good job you guys passed. But I have another question for you. Aww. In your opinion, ladies, <laughs> what makes, what are some of the characteristics that make for a really great community leader? And uh, maybe mm-hmm. even a mayor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dun, dun, dun. That's a great question. You know, I think the thing that comes to my mind right away, mm-hmm. Barry, is that a really good mayor is somebody that can represent everyone, mm-hmm. right? That listens and um, is caring and really is invested in the community. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what characteristic that is other than, you know, people of integrity and mm-hmm. people that um, in many, 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 many ways put themselves second and mm-hmm. the people they serve first. Mm-hmm. That's great. Lamanda? Um, I, too, was going to say integrity. You know, I think a leader is not someone who is just leading when people are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, in the line somewhere or in that tough office conversation or phone calls and, and being who you say you are, regardless of who's watching. I think that that's huge. Um, me personally, uh, I think being someone who is approachable is key. Mm-hmm. Um, leaders do not mean that we are in charge. A true leader is someone who serves. And so to me, service starts by not your ability to talk, but your ability to listen Mm -hmm. and to be approached by others so that concerns, compliments, anything like that can be authentically shared Mm -hmm. to the person that is leading. And so I would say integrity and just the um, approachable characters of the leader are, are both important. Yeah. Well, those are great. Yeah, what so I've heard is can represent everyone, a person of integrity, puts others first, themselves second, authentic, approachable, uh, servant spirit, mm-hmm. ability to listen. I would throw one more in there, great wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so we are blessed today to have somebody here yes. that fits mm-hmm. all of that and more. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, Drum roll. Uh, Topeka Mayor Mike Padilla, welcome to our community, our mission. Thank you and good morning to you. You really kind of set the stage here. Now. Well, we did. We did. <laughs> Setting the bar very high. Well, you know, the, the, the point is, Mayor, we, we say that knowing that you're in the room uh, with all sincerity that this is who you are. This is how we see you, and uh, we are so blessed to have you as our mayor of Topeka, Kansas. Well, thank you very much. It's my privilege. Yeah. It really, really is. It was never a position that I aspired to. Uh-huh. It just kind of came about from all the years that uh, I've lived in this community and worked with so many different people here. It just seemed like at the, when that opportunity presented itself that uh, I would not be fulfilling what I have been happy with all my life, and that is working with other people. Oh, you sure have. Yeah. Uh, Mayor, talk about that. You um, Talk about where you're from and how you got uh, your career. Um, go back as far as you want to go. Well, <laughs> well, I can start by saying that uh, I grew up in Oakland. That's mm-hmm. where uh, mm-hmm. my family had their first two homes, very small homes. Uh, 
came from pretty humble beginnings. Uh, so you're not beginnings. a transplant. You're oh, a Topeka no, kid. Oh, all yeah. right. Okay. Roots go all the way uh-huh. down and deep. Uh, we even shared my family, uh, my mother and father, shared the home with uh, a sister of my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was kind of cramped quarters, but as we grew uh, in family size, we moved to another home. But uh, I enjoyed the Oakland community. Um, went to Our Lady of Guadalupe School mm-hmm. and to the church, still attend there today. Uh, except for last weekend, they had priest had COVID, a touch oh, of COVID. No. Yeah, so <laughs> had to make other arrangements. Yeah. But uh, no, I love that community. Uh, it was nothing for us back when I was a kid to just walk around that neighborhood and just say hi to everybody, people on the porch mm-hmm. waving at you, and mm-hmm. and uh, enjoying that. Literally, everybody knew everybody, uh, mm-hmm. and if you needed something. Uh, People would call out to you, are you thirsty, are you hungry, come on mm-hmm. in, you know. Uh, and so, and you felt safe and comfortable, so I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the things I, I, I noticed years ago uh, when I would go speak in churches is that uh, most of the Oakland churches had very small parking lots. Yeah. They didn't need them. Uh, People just walked, walked. to church. Walked oh, to church. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And so I was like, where do you park? You know, <laughs> you park down the street because uh-huh. the cars are in the street or in the, in mm-hmm. the and, and you just walk. It was, it's very different than today. Oh, that's great uh-huh. then. Yeah. That's a good observation. I hadn't really noticed that. And, yeah. you know, that applies to a lot of things, you know, just churches. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grocery stores. That's right. And other things School. like that. Necessities. Exactly. Yes. exactly. Access to those uh, basic needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We used to walk to places, and today, if you don't have a car, yeah, it's a whole other subject. Anyway, uh, oh, yeah. back, back to you <laughs> yeah. in Oakland. And we digress. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I have four brothers. Uh-huh. And so we continued to need a bigger home, so we moved to the east side of town uh-huh. and lived there for a while. I was going to high school, and then we moved to the west side of town while I finished up high school. And uh, uh, so we kind of moved around here and there, but it gave me an opportunity to play with uh, and experience different populations yeah, in our community. For sure. You know, if you stayed in one area, that's mm-hmm. sometimes that's all you see unless you get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that always intrigued me, mm-hmm. meeting new people. So that started early in my life. Sure, I think uh, both of my parents were big influencers on what I ended up doing because uh, both of them were volunteers in the community. Yeah, uh, you know, it's part of being Guadalupe. Everybody volunteered for the mm-hmm. church festival and the fiesta and uh, all the different committees. And my father was uh, always reaching out. He uh, Worked with the American GI Forum and LULAC mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. El Centro. So all of those are services to others that I always saw him doing. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference it to see does. your parents do that. Yeah, you know, when you get that role model mm-hmm. right in front of you, not mm-hmm. having to look for it on television mm-hmm. or in the yes. news or something, when you have that role model right in front of you, it makes it easy to decide what's important in your life. And it is very challenging when you don't have it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's tough. Yeah. yeah that's tough. Um, but because of all that, uh, and there's a story that I've told, uh, not often, but one of the things that decided for me to go into law enforcement mm-hmm. was a couple of not pleasant intercount- encounters with law enforcement mm-hmm. while I was in high school. Uh, and basically it was being uh, suggested very strongly that I was in the wrong part of town, that I needed to be mm-hmm. in my right part of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was with high school friends who lived in other parts of the city, and they mm-hmm. didn't like it. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, there's something that needs to be done about this. And uh, on top of that, as I got older, 
a story was shared with me uh, by my parents that had not been shared before, Mm -hmm. and that was my father's father was murdered in Topeka. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was coming home from work uh, and uh, was shot in the back, and uh, no real investigation was ever initiated. I've only been able to find one newspaper article and... uh, there was not much there, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so no one was ever uh, uh, charged with his murder, and uh, that set real hard with me. So that's still one of those unsolved in our community. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really, really cold cases, and uh, so when I found that out, it really, really made me think about how do I make a change in this community both based on the experiences I had and that my father had. So rather than being negatively uh, responding to it, you decided to get in it. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. That, yeah, I've, that's, I've, that's huge. That's yeah. what a lot of people think of. You know, yeah. uh, change from within, I think, is more sustaining mm-hmm. and is more personal rather than demanding and asking mm-hmm. for change. Agreed. You need to work for it. Agreed. And so that's mm-hmm. when I chose law enforcement as a career. Mm-hmm. And What uh, year would that have been? Ooh, I hate to date myself, but I will. <laughs> but I, I started on the police department November 1, 1970. 1970. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there was a crossover between another police officer and yourself, and that'd be my father. Yep. Uh-huh. That was. Because yep. huh. he retired in 74. Yep. I remember your father, Fred. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hopefully he wasn't one of the bad guys. No. <laughs> no, I always enjoyed Fred. He was, he was a lot of fun to talk with, and, you know, and he was yeah. basically, I guess, the first police department's uh, – Real attempt at public information That's officer, right. yeah, re- to, reaching out and engaging. Yeah, radio, television. Oh, uh, back yeah. in the days, oh. one TV station in Topeka, Channel uh-huh. Thirteen, uh, the Rush, Rush, show, Rush Evans, I believe it uh, was, yeah. and uh, all that. Yeah, yeah, he was real high profile, mm-hmm. and like you said, and like I referenced when uh, we uh, celebrated your retirement, mm-hmm. he was a man in a white hat. That's right. Mm. That's right. Because yeah. b- back then, I have that white hat today. Yeah, that's awesome. Back then, the department. Uh, Separated divisions by a uniform change. If you were a white hat, you were a traffic officer, mm-hmm. traffic division, mm-hmm. or public information. Mm-hmm. And dark blue hats was patrol operations. Yes. Uh, so I always remembered him in that white hat. Yeah, he uh, he uh, did get around the community a lot. Oh, yeah. To digress a little bit more about Oakland is that uh, there was a, uh, a former um, establishment over there called the Lucky Five, which oh, you may yeah. remember. And the Tetuans became very good friends of ours. But uh-huh. uh, he, he was on a call over there one time because there was somebody getting on, out of hand. And so... Uh, they uh, basically appreciated him so much that they invited him back for tacos. Oh, really? Uh, so <laughs> needless to say, tacos were on my menu for, for years <laughs> at the Lucky Five every single Friday night. You were so, a lucky guy. <laughs> I was. Matter of fact, I was in a bike wreck one time and smashed my face up, broke teeth out and everything, but it was Friday. <laughs> so you had you still went, went to the Lucky Five. <laughs> And that was the place to go. I mean, oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, and Mel Tetuan and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the whole family there. But anyway, so you came on uh, the Department 70, mm-hmm. and so um, you had a long career with the Topeka Police Department. Yeah, 34 years total. Yes. I think I was short just about a month or so. You became but, a major. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I was uh, the uh, division commander for operations. Mm-hmm. But through that time, I, like everybody else, worked up through the ranks. And I served in every division except for the services division. And that's one that's primarily records keeping Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
it was a it was funny that uh, when I joined the department, uh, I was just glad to be there because when I hired on, I think there were just short of five hundred people that took the test. Mm, it's not that way not today. today. Not no. today. Mm. No. And along with me, there were, I think, five other officers that were hired out of that group. Was that right? And when I got that letter, I was just overjoyed. I was just, oh, yeah. And uh, made good lifelong friends with those five officers that we all came on together. Uh, We took different paths in our career. And that's something I I talk about with the police department. and, And when I try to recruit for the department is that there are so many opportunities within that agency. Uh, you can find your niche. Mm-hmm. You don't all have to be the same thing. You don't all have to work in one area. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked uh, in narcotics for a long time, uh, undercover, even worked out of the city in undercover positions and mm-hmm. uh, did uh, internal affairs, did uh, homicide investigations for mm-hmm. a while. Um where I acted as a liaison officer for the district attorney's office. Is that right? Yeah, that was a new position, and uh, that came about because then the district attorney, uh, Gene Olander, mm-hmm. uh, was um, uh, wanting to improve the quality of the reports that were coming to his office for prosecution. Mm-hmm. So we figured, well, let's get a detective over here who mm-hmm. does the job, review the reports, send them back if they need additional information, mm-hmm. and then forward them for prosecution. It worked out really well. Absolutely. Got to yeah. have that link. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. had to have that, that link. And that was the first time I can remember that we really had that uh, communication between the district attorney's office and police department. Mm-hmm. It came more, became more partners than, okay, here's yours, now you do your thing. It was, mm. we want to make sure that we give you the best product we can so that you can successfully prosecute the cases for the city and the county. So you went into the police law enforcement work with a particular personal reason mm-hmm. for engaging in that. Um, did you see that uh, the goal fulfilled of trying to reform um, from within, uh, take some advancement? I yeah. know that we're still always improving, yeah. but uh, how, did, how when you, 34 years later, what you, what'd you think about that decision? The decision to try and, be an agent of change mm-hmm. at the agency was a good one. It yeah. was a frustrating one sometimes sure, uh, because uh, old habits are hard to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and first you, have to, first you have to get to know the people. Yeah. You can't just walk up and say, well, you're doing this wrong, or I suggest you do this or that. You get to know, you get to know each other and get to know why they do what they do mm-hmm. and get their background and their history. And so over the years, I have seen significant change. Mm-hmm from when I went on the police department. I've seen it on the council Mm -hmm. for the same way Mm -hmm. because I was involved that uh, I was one of those officers that paid attention to council meetings. Mm -hmm. And then as I rose in ranks, I was assigned to go to the council meetings Mm -hmm. uh, to listen to their deliberations and so forth. And uh, a couple of times I was approached uh, by a couple of council members. This is years back. Nobody on the council right now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to iterate. Emphasis. <laughs> who, who flat told me, uh, you know, when I was advocating for something, uh-huh. flat told me, uh, you know, we've got ours. We'll take care of our own. You take care of your yeah, own. There used to be and that, that was community. Wow. Very mm-hmm. depressing for a uh, city leader to tell me that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so that made me even more determined. Well, I'm going to hang around and make sure <laughs> that I do get more yeah. for others. And uh, that has changed significantly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That as well. But at the police department, yes. Um, 
You know, it's uh, all about training, and that's the one thing that uh, I used to advocate for very strongly while I was at the department. Mm -hmm. Training at the police department for a long time was that department we had to have and not really, I guess, support it as much as you could. Mm -hmm. You had to have training, so we have one. Mm -hmm. Uh, If budget cuts were to come, Mm -hmm. that's where they came from, training. And I kept saying over and over and over, that's the place you need to put money into because the first time there's an incident or a mistake, that's, right. that's the first thing that will be looked at is whether or not you've given them sufficient training. Mm-hmm. And you won't be able to say that you have. Right, And it'll be costly. Then. It'll be very costly. More costly than the training. Any training, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get uh, past those uh, stereotypes and those institutions that have been in place for decades. Yeah. Um, and, uh, again, the, it, people in my life – sometimes have made me more determined. I had a, a, a captain then, and uh, I think I was a sergeant at the time, and uh, was testing for lieutenant. And I talked with him. I always tried to reach up and get some advice, get some uh, direction as to how I should go. And uh, again, he just flat told me, he said, Mike, you're doing a good job, but I got mine. You're going to have to get your own, yours on your own. Wow. I thought, Okay, thank you. I know where I stand. <laughs> now, now we know what the rules are. Yep. Exactly. Mayor, you, um, uh, law enforcement officers, um, because of the difficulty of what you engage with, with community, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's, it's never never been an easy job. Mm-hmm. Um, some law enforcement officers, they, when they retire, they don't want to much do anything with people. That's not been your case. <laughs> what did you learn about the people, the citizens, through 34 years of your career that then would help you to want to help people even more? Yeah. You know, that's an excellent question, Barry, because I was kind of getting to that, that over that 34 years on the police department, I was very non-traditional. I didn't stick to just going to the law enforcement conventions or, uh, you know, hanging out with just law enforcement. I had good law enforcement friends, but, Mm -hmm. uh, my desire to get involved with the community got, got me into Meals on Wheels and mm-hmm. Mi- Midland Care and Salvation Army. Probably goes back to your parents uh, showing yeah. you the way. All those, uh-huh. all yeah. those things. And uh, because my dad always told me, go to people and don't ask, why aren't you doing this? Go to people and ask, what can I help you with? Mm-hmm. What do you need? Mm-hmm. And so I took that approach in just about everything that I did with the uh, citizen-driven groups. And they were ready that's the thing that I think some police officers don't understand. I think they do now. Mm-hmm. I know back then in the early 70s they didn't. People wanted police officers at the table, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't get them there. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, it's, if you want to do anything really good in your career or learn anything about your community, you have got to get involved with different organizations. The citizen leaders of this community really can tell you a lot about what goes on. And so you saw that a lot with Safe Streets. Yes. And so you were the first chairman of uh, Safe Streets? Yeah, I was one of the co-founders along uh-huh. with my friend, uh, then Sergeant Ron Brown. Yes. He's since retired. Uh-huh. And uh, Sally Zeller's a, a good, good friend of ours mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. since passed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and Mayor Wagnon. We all looked at that and uh-huh. saw, okay, this is a community-wide effort, very, very organized, mm-hmm. Um with some real guidelines on how to engage community. We traveled to uh, Tacoma, Washington to see it in practice, mm-hmm. visited with their sheriff up there. 
he couldn't stop talking about Safe Streets and how it had changed his community. And you well know as the uh, the coach with the playbook, as you shared. Uh, <laughs> Which I appreciated greatly to have you and Ron on board. <laughs> go back now. What did we do before? Yeah, yeah. For Safe Streets because it is a, it has sustained. Yeah. I think it has changed. And I think anything that doesn't change is doomed to failure. You have to be adaptive mm-hmm. to what your community Absolutely. needs. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's still in existence is because it still is seen what's being needed in the community. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was one of my biggest, uh, I think, uh, satisfying moments is bringing that into uh, existence and working along with I, I enjoyed that time. It was, mm-hmm. it was seven years of uh, getting a chance to uh, serve as chairman. Dick Klein mm-hmm. came along as the, uh-huh. as the co-chair. And, and I remember uh, we, we saw some pretty cool numbers going down on crime. Oh, yeah. And uh, Ron Miller was chief at the time, and he basically said, you can go ahead and uh, – and share these numbers with everybody. I said, well, you're the chief. He goes, no, no, go ahead. You share them. And so this crime numbers were looking good, and they were looking better, especially part one crimes and uh, property crimes and, and those kind of things. And uh, and I said to him one day, I said, chief, how come you're letting me share the numbers that the police department normally shares? He says, well, it's kind of like this. They go down, but then they go up. You can take credit when they go down. You can take credit when they go back up. <laughs> And he was right. <laughs> very, very wise. And I, I used to observe that as well as different chiefs. Were, well, we really got the numbers down. I said, don't take a lot of credit for no. that because that's not going to be Well, I was, right, I was writing that surfboard for a while. Yeah. And then, oh, shoot. Yeah. 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 Back up again. Yeah. Well, uh, Topeka Police Park wasn't the end of your law enforcement career. You no. then stepped into something else. Yep. Uh, I like how you put it. I stepped into something else. Because <laughs> I, when I did step into it, I got to think, okay, what was I thinking? I took a short breather, and uh, my good friend uh, Joan Wagner, who was then uh, Secretary of Department of Revenue, yes. um, she and I had a conversation. Uh, she oversaw an enforcement group, uh, the Alcoholic Beverage Control Group, mm-hmm. and uh, she asked me to come by, have a visit with her, talk with her. Oops. Uh, yeah, take a, take a look at what's going on. And eventually she uh, offered me a position uh, with the agency. And uh, at the time, Governor Sebelius was in office. Mm-hmm. And uh, I initially agreed to the idea that, okay, I'll stay in while the governor's in office. If she gets reelected, if she wants to retain me, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll consider that. But if she doesn't get elected... Usually it's a wholesale wash of everybody that's in there. Yeah. Um, So I took that on, and uh, it really did uh, even open my mind to a lot more things because I was so focused on this community Mm -hmm. in Topeka and Shawnee County. Uh, I paid attention to statewide stuff, but not near as much. Mm -hmm. But in that position, I was a statewide agent, and so I had agents across the state. And at that time, uh, the state was going into a – um, a time when they were going to receive monies from the big tobacco companies from the settlement. That's right. And they couldn't decide really how they were going to, where they were going to put it. I think it ended up in the children's cabinet. Uh, but how they mm-hmm. were going to collect it, how they were going to uh, enforce uh, compliance. And uh, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with the ABC agents there. And I got to scratch my head and along with a couple helpful members of the team came up with what we called the Cigarette and, and Alcohol Enforcement Group uh, and uh, hired on another 20 agents and made them specific to that purpose of uh, 
enforcement for uh, across the state for tobacco and alcohol. And it really worked out well. It grew the agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to collect all the taxes that were um, um, designated for the children's cabinet, which was really important. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. Yes. And so enjoyed some success there. Election came. A uh, new governor came on board. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, we'll see how long I stay. And uh, it had been about two years into it then. Mm-hmm. And uh, my director of the ABC um, – one day he was called in and came back about 10 minutes later and said, well, Mike, he said, it's been fun working with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to go. Yep. Time. <laughs> I've been, I said, well, what, end of the month? He said, no, today. Uh-huh. I said, oh, my. Uh-huh. I said, okay. Uh-huh. So uh, names were falling very quickly uh, yeah. all around me, and it became a joke <laughs> because uh, after about, oh, maybe three, four months into the new administration and a new secretary, I was still there. Uh-huh. And uh, folks in the office would joke and say, dead man walking. <laughs> I said, come on, give me a break. Give me a chance. It was really. That's something about law enforcement. They just kind of talk oh, real plain to their own. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't pull any punches. Uh, and so finally I was called to the secretary's office and uh, we visited and talked. And I asked him, I said, you know, I've been kind of wondering why it's been a while since uh, – you've addressed my position. And he said, well, I've been asking around, talking to some other people, talk to the legal department, ask him how uh, the enforcement is going and and uh, to all those things. He said, and basically everybody told me, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Just mm-hmm. leave him where he is, wow. see if he'll stay. And so what I thought was going to be a two-year commitment ended up to 10 and a half years. Is that oh, right? Yeah. Ten and a half. Yeah. Oh, time wow. flies. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I enjoyed it. It was a whole different perspective. Again, like I said, I had statewide agency, and uh, would and that's another thing. I did the same thing. I could have worked primarily from Topeka mm-hmm. uh, and never gone out of my office, uh, but I enjoyed traveling the state, mm-hmm. and so I would set up meetings with my agents out across the state and go out and mm-hmm. visit with them. And when I would take my trips out to Garden City or Dodge or Hayes or wherever, um, I'd veer off to the smaller towns. And just drive to their downtown mm-hmm. and see what mm-hmm. what they had going. Maybe mm-hmm. stop in to get something to eat. I just like the idea of of uh, finding out about Kansas that way. Met a lot of good people that way. Yes. Sure. Uh, found out some things too. Mm-hmm. Said, well, we haven't seen uh, this kind of enforcement in a long time. We're glad sure. we have an agent available. Sure. Yeah. So I know my people were out there working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when I get that uh, unsolicited feedback, mm-hmm. it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's great. Yeah. And so I finally reached that age where I decided it's time for me to move on, let somebody else do this. And uh, so I retired from there. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and stepped And then worked for a couple of years with the Highway Patrol and their um, uh, unit here at mm-hmm. the uh, Supreme Court building, worked a couple of years there. Yes. And that's when I ran for council because I was still wanting to keep involved. Mm-hmm. And although I was working just two days down there, uh, it was interfering with me not being able to go to certain meetings or mm-hmm. meet with groups. And I had some real good friends working with me down there, and they would adjust their own schedules and say, well, I'll switch days with you, Mike, so that you can go. Because mm-hmm. they knew what I was doing. Sure. And uh, finally I thought, well, you know, that's not fair to them. Uh, they didn't sign on for this. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I retired from there and ran for a council seat. So 
obviously you've been very connected with this community. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents showed you some great uh, ways to do that when you were little. Mm-hmm. Um, it stuck with you just as you said, when you were with ABC, just pulling off in those small towns to connect with the people. It mm-hmm. wasn't just about doing a job. No. It was about um, people. Yeah. And, and so talk about when you uh, entered into council and what district you represented. How many years did you serve in that role? I served four years in District 5. Mm-hmm. The Which final year. is, for uh, those that don't have a map. Okay. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, it's uh, 27th Street mm-hmm. on the northbound. Mm-hmm. Um and generally, it jig, zags, zigzags around over to sometimes as far as Indiana mm-hmm. uh, on the east, mm-hmm. and then on the south all the way to the city limit south, mm-hmm. and then on the west it zigzags around to just short of Gage, about Arnold Street, okay. and then yeah. to the south. So it's a big area. It is, and it takes in a lot of our manufacturing and distribution centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just there last week celebrating the one year, one year anniversary with Walmart at yeah. their fulfillment yeah. center. I saw that in the paper. That oh, that yeah. place is eye yeah. opening. Yeah. Isn't it? Amazing. Oh, my Huge gosh. picture. Yeah, that's just like massive <laughs> yeah. supply. It looks like a small city. In the, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is. Does. Yeah, and, and that's probably as they were telling me, the most technically updated distribution center that they have in the country. Is that right? But wow. they're going to build several more mm-hmm. and even build on that technology that they have here. Huh. That's pretty cool. It's really amazing. Yeah. So so why did you go into council? I mean, it's kind of guess. It's a mm-hmm. given. You, you, you have done this uh, amazing law enforcement career in three different agencies. Um, now you've got some extra time. You're mm-hmm. still healthy. You're, <laughs> yeah. still, you're still wanting to do something uh, to make a difference. Why council? Why politics? Well, you said something first. I'll pick up on my, uh, Thank God I'm still healthy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I've been very fortunate. Amen to that. Uh, and so I'm not ready to sit and watch TV. Yeah. Uh, and uh, although I have plenty to keep me busy around my house, it's just taking care of my house. It's yeah. not doing sure. much more than that. So uh, I get stir crazy. I need to get out and meet people, mm-hmm. to talk to people. And so uh, I knew that the council seat was coming up. In fact, my good friend Michelle De La Isla, mm-hmm. she and I had a conversation, mm-hmm. and we actually decided to run at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you probably know the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, no. and, and, Not uh, everybody does, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had a good talk and yeah. visit. And, uh, you know, she, I could see that she was uh, just as uh, bent on serving the public as I mm-hmm. was. But I think my focus uh, has always been right here. In, in Topeka. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Michelle, um, why don't you go ahead and run? I'll support you. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be great at it. And then I'll just wait for the next time. And she said, okay. And so she ran, was successful. And then uh, when it came time for her to uh, uh, decide not to run for mayor, mm-hmm. I mean, when she ran for mayor and she mm-hmm. won. And won. Yeah, it was yeah. our mayor. Yeah, yes. so it was our mayor. So you've been kind of following in Michelle's footsteps. Well, I wouldn't put it quite that way. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Uh, the last, what they say, five or four mayors, they've all come come out of District 5. Is that right? Yeah. So Larry was there. Larry Bill, Bun- Bill Button. Bill Button, too. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, I never put that together. So several footsteps of my father. Yeah, and, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's a very active district Yeah. in that yeah. the, the, the constituents, their vote, mm-hmm. you know, um, they are um, quick to bring to your attention those things that they feel mm-hmm. have been... Uh, left unattended, 
but uh, it's a good. That's district. probably all districts, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd be surprised. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised. Some districts are pretty happy with the way they are. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, okay. You know, there's always yeah. the pothole or something like that. But sure. by and large, especially when it some comes are more engaged. Than yeah, others. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, and um, I was fortunate then to run and uh, and the second time because mm-hmm. the first time I didn't win. I uh, ran against Larry Walgast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and Larry won, and he be, and I became pretty good friends during that uh, uh, election mm-hmm. and sta- stayed in contact. I would go visit him uh, while he was in office, and mm-hmm. we visited and talked, and we still do today. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when uh, uh, he ran, uh, uh, the mayor's position came up. Mm-hmm. It was uh, time for me to, I think, finish what I think is what I started a long time ago, and that is to continue to serve, but at a level that I never anticipated. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the thing I'm that, sure. yeah. that that's the my wife and I sit sometimes and just talk and visit, and, and with all the opportunities that we have now that I am as mayor, uh, getting invitations to this or that or the other, and having a lot of conversations at a much higher level than I did as a council person. Um, I asked her, "Do you ever think? Did you ever think? Because we were high school sweethearts. Oh, I, so, I remember that. Uh, I said, "Did you ever think that the two of us would be in this position? That I'd be the mayor of the city of Tobago?" She goes, "No way." <laughs> I said, well, thanks for the vote of confidence. She's uh, helping you stay and, humble. Yeah. And, and by the way, did you vote for me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Can I see your ballot? Uh, but no, because uh, we never anticipated being in this position at all, and Aww. and. Uh, the thing is, I think because of those years that I've spent getting to know people, mm-hmm. I'm not uncomfortable with it. No, you're In not. fact, I enjoy it. I, yeah, um, I keep telling people that, uh, you know, I thought I met a lot of people before in my life living here. Uh, but uh, I'm meeting a whole different segment of the community. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting more and more people, and they're just engaged, uh, excited. And even those who are frustrated, mm-hmm. the least I get to hear and talk with them and see if we can work on things be- and that's something that didn't come to me even naturally as a district representative because oftentimes we get caught up in that district responsibility mm-hmm. and not look further than that. But even when I was in District 5, I was working on things in other districts uh, outside of my uh, district uh, that I was representing just because I saw a need and, and went over and offered my help and so was able to do that. So. Crossing those lines for me has been pretty easy. That's good. There was going to be a, a significant uh, vision that you had to run for mayor coming out of one district, but mm-hmm. then being um, the leader of the city, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and and you had these visions and these these goals of what you wanted to do. How's that changed since you've been the mayor? Has it been reinforced? Has you had uh, have you learned and adapted to some <laughs> things? And what what are you hoping? Now that you have been in this seat, uh, for how long now? Well, since January 3rd. But January 3rd. The year prior, uh, I was fortunate to serve as Michelle's uh, deputy, deputy mayor. mayor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that kind of mm-hmm. put my foot in the water. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. So, you know, some people, unfortunately, think that uh, the current form of government we have, the mayor is just ceremonial, mm-hmm. uh, kissing babies, yeah. cutting ribbons. <laughs> you do a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm seen you cut ribbons. I'm not sure about yeah. the baby part, but, yeah. but uh, it's more than that. It's about oh. casting vision. It's about listening con- constituents. It's about uh, working with your manager, mm-hmm. your city manager, um, and, and the rest of the council. So you really still are in probably the most 
general influencing position uh, in leadership of this community. What has what uh, stayed the same and what has changed since January? Well, you know, I've given some thought to that, especially since I just got back from some leadership uh, training that helped me refocus of some of the ideas that I uh, had and some of the vision that I had and some of the things that I ran on uh, during the campaign. Um, I think the need to prioritize and to and the need to include people in that prior to, prioritizing of needs in our community. What I think is the most important may not be what is the most important to the general public. Mm -hmm. And so I need to really make that uh, conscious effort to include people mm -hmm. and, and listen to them. Because uh, oftentimes you, you find that when you're listening to them about their issues, mm -hmm. oftentimes they come up with some of the solutions. Yes. And so uh, not be in a hurry to say, well, I can fix that for you, or, mm -hmm. or why don't you try this? Mm -hmm. uh, I can ask more uh, critical questions about what has worked for you and what did you need to make it work if mm -hmm. it didn't. And those are the kinds of questions I think uh, we have to be asking ourselves all the time. Um, I believe I'm fortunate because I sit with a body of people on the governing body right now that I believe still have that same um, mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to be the end all to be all. That I'm here to help facilitate. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. It helps me as as the mayor, trying to get our one voice of, of what Topeka can be. And I think that's important. Uh, and making sure that as we move toward that goal, no one's left behind. Yeah. Uh, I made that uh, as part of my campaign, and I'm working on it now. In fact, I, later on today I have a meeting to follow up on uh, how do I uh, bring an office of uh, inclusion and equity into the mayor's office, uh, trying to craft where it should sit under this direct report to the city manager, direct report to the mayor. Uh, how will it engage in everything? And that's what I say, everything that we do, not just on select things that we do. Our economic opportunity, everybody wants to see that happen. Right. But does it happen equally across the city? Mm -hmm. And who's taken into consideration when we're thinking of these ideas and where those developments will show up? And will it spider out and network to the rest of the community so that it's not just serving one part of the community? So I think that's that's something that has changed even more for me. It's become even more broad. But the 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 catch in that is trying not to do it all mm -hmm. at once mm -hmm. because then it, things get pushed to the back. Mm -hmm. And what you may have talked to me about two months ago I haven't given it any thought. Mm -hmm. Well, that can't happen because then not, you'll get frustrated sure. with me mm -hmm. and, and the effort will go for naught. It'll be put behind. So you have to be able to parcel out those things that you can give immediate attention to but not push back anything that mm -hmm. maybe isn't right. a quick priority. You that's have to the, be careful that's about that. That's a wisdom characteristic we were talking right. about <laughs> that it takes to right. do this. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, to have everybody's opinion about what they want mm -hmm. um, is theory. Mm -hmm. To be able to prioritize those and to be able to help people still feel valued oh, yeah. but know that they've got to 
there's priorities before the priorities mm-hmm. um, is is huge. I mean, that's that's uh, a lot of people don't even want to go there, uh, but you've chosen to go there. It's uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, uh, and you have to have those hard discussions. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you have to be honest with people. I've always tried to make sure that I don't imply mm-hmm. or outright promise things that will happen because I don't know what will happen in the future. Yeah. I can work towards that. I can build consensus. I can build su- support, but that support can come and go. You saw it in the national mm-hmm. the news here the other day when it came to the, come to the bill, vote for the GI bill uh, mm-hmm. to, to help. Everybody was support for it just a few a months or two mm-hmm. ago. And then all of a sudden they're it not. fell apart. Yeah, yeah. fell mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody Absolutely. who got anticipated and had, had their hopes up, Yes. Now where are they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. they're disgruntled, right? Yeah, now they're thinking. Now they're thinking the people that are supposed to represent them don't represent them mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mayor, I just think you'd be uh, two or three podcasts of, uh, <laughs> of just great talking to you. Yeah. Before we conclude today, um, what would you consider one of the or two of the greatest assets of Topeka, Kansas? Well, it's been said that Topeka is a very caring community. And I think you're probably a part of that. I know you're a part of that. We're, we're, we, we get to see that front row seat yeah. about the caring of yeah. this community. And we are so humbled by it, just yeah. like the school supply yeah. today. Yeah. And, and uh, volunteers, I think yes. Amanda talked about it yes. earlier. Mm-hmm. There is a volunteer base that people want to be able to help. Yes. Uh, yeah. I agree. And, and Topeka has that and has had it for a long time. It's just uh, recognizing that, appreciating that. Mm-hmm. And nurturing that and role modeling it for youth. Mm-hmm. And I'm really encouraged by uh, what I see in the way of activism with our with our youth. They have really taken up the lead in many cases to show the adults mm-hmm. this is how things should happen. Mm-hmm. This is how you should engage. And uh, that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. Uh, as I get older, I want to make sure <laughs> that body is still in place. And, well, someone will be taking care of us at a certain level one of these days, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. So, I hate to ask this, but what would you consider Topeka's greatest liability? You know, uh, it's kind of ironic. Uh, it's because we have such good people here and they enjoy the community. We still have a a core group of people who just think that uh, uh, the grass is greener on the other side and that uh, we we self-criticize rather than self-improve. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the thing that that uh, is frustrating because, um, you know, I have comments every now and then. People will say, well, you know, um, people just drive crazy around here. And I say, well, they, they, they drive crazy everywhere. Go to Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they drive crazy everywhere, but I ask you, are you conscious of aware of your driving habits? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can make that change again. People talk about well, code enforcement. Yeah. Okay, that's a that's a tangled web. And right now, I'm really glad that uh, we have that. Uh, I think yesterday was the first day of that uh, mowing program for the change yes. the culture. Omni Circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, but that's people helping others. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But but you can do that. Without having an organization, I have a neighbor. Yeah. He mows his yard. He mows his neighbor's yard, and yes. one more yard just because he's got the time to do it. And he feels well. I helped him out, and yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. And people do that. My brother, he does that during the winter. He bought himself a, 
And I think he does it just to justify his purchase <laughs> with a snowblower. Uh-huh. Hey, my husband <laughs> did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hopes for snow so he can go down, yes. <laughs> down the uh-huh. block. And, and he does that. And, you know, that kind of uh, self-care of your neighborhood and yes. self-care, uh, people like, and it's infectious. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll come out and help you. Uh, do you need yes. something to eat or drink? You know, yeah. it reminds me of the time when me and a fellow officer back in the old days again, black and white days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was a federal grant that uh, paid for uh, a presence and a walking beat in uh, Pine Ridge uh, mm-hmm. community here in Topeka, mm-hmm. and uh, he and I volunteered to do it. Uh, he was a black officer, and I'm obviously a Hispanic, um, and we volunteered to do it. Uh, we went out there, and initially we were in uniform and in our police cars, but we we finally and slowly uh, gravitated to a lot softer uniform. Uh, but then we got out of the car, and we would walk the neighborhood out there. So we walked foot patrol out in Pine Ridge, and I tell some of the younger officers now, and they said, really? I said, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I said, and I'll tell you what, there were times we would get a call through dispatch that Mrs. Uh, so-and-so called and said, hey, you get a chance to come on over here. I know those people are gone from the house, and there's some guy messing around in the back window. Yeah. I'll keep an eye on him till you get here. Yeah. They would keep on line with the dispatcher. We'd go over, mm-hmm. intercede, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was the community taking care of itself. Yes. And, then, uh-huh. and then, even better, because I like food, We'd have people <laughs> invite us to ha- sit while we were out there, stop in and have dinner with us while you're. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's How often so do you wonderful. hear that? That's so right. you don't hear that right now with all the animosity back right. and forth. Yes. Uh, but it takes, it, it takes that effort to get to know each other. And right. Miriam, you said that uh, earlier. Uh, it's all about relationships. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't work at them, yes. uh, and, and they are work. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. establish it and say, okay, I now I know Amanda and I can yeah. say, yo, and how you doing? Right. Yeah. I need to be continually engaged with her work and what she's doing and how it's helping the company. I mean, the community. So that's the, the real key. And I think Topeka has that too. Mm-hmm. We just need to encourage it even more. It needs to be fostered. Yes. Yes, yes I agree. You know, I just got a text message as we were sitting here from Holton, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, our distribution center director. And he, we did a, a live video earlier today just talking about the need. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, we got a couple more volunteers from our staff that came to help, stopping their work to go do that. And so he went to Walmart to make some purchases, and two people stopped him, um, giving him a little over $250 oh. wow. that he then in turn at, at Walmart. At Walmart. Yeah. Um, because and, they'd seen it. Yep. Oh, and wow. so, There's you know, I'm just ex- internet stuff. It is. <laughs> and someone just saying, you know, this is what I can do. Yeah. I think sometimes uh, myself included, right. It's easier to critique, but when do we really be a part of the solution? And mm-hmm. I think that's what Mayor Padilla is talking about. You know, when we take on what we can do to help um, and people did that today and now we have additional monies for that and mm. he in turn bought the backpacks and all of that so now we're restocked well, um serve, you know for this little more bit. yes yeah. we saw it during operation food secure oh my goodness See? Mm-hmm. right yeah. we saw oh it then and you know people we thought we were feeding people no we were just giving them a vehicle to build relationships sure. in their communities and the things that we saw the stories we heard were so far beyond anything we could have imagined or tried to orchestrate mm-hmm. because people just started giving mm-hmm. they gave to their neighbors they said and i'll do this for this person and can i rake their leaves and i mean it was just 
it was so inspiring. And it was just because there was a vehicle for them to use, which was those food boxes from USDA. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Mayor. Yeah. It, it's something we've talked about since uh, I went on the council, but I have really stressed as mayor. <clears throat> we have a new uh, communications director, uh, uh, Ms. Spiker, and, and uh, she has really uh, taken on the task uh, uh, very efficiently. And I said, you know, I get frustrated sometimes, and I don't want to be overly critical of local media, but sometimes mm -hmm. they don't get the entire story, mm -hmm. and they don't get all the detail. And uh, the information that's shared with the community uh, is just a smidgen of what is going on. Mm -hmm. So I said, we need to tell our story. The city of Topeka needs to tell its story in a better way, not just from the government perspective, but from those relationships that we're building in the community, something's coming up, like, say, at TRM yeah. or other places. We need to connect so that we can help promote those things right. as well. Mm -hmm. We need to tell our story in the city of Topeka right. because there, there are a lot of things that happen here that are mm -hmm. so positive that makes you think. And that's a really good thing that uh, I've had the chance to have happen as mayor that I've talked to a lot of people who've come from California yes. Uh, yes. and other places. And they say, I love this place. Uh -huh. My money goes a lot further. People yes. are a lot more friendly. Mm -hmm. I can get from one place to the other in half an hour at the max. Mm -hmm. I mean, we love this place. And in fact, one lady I talked to, she said, I'm trying to get my daughter and her mm -hmm. husband and kids to come out and my mother because we've established ourselves here. We've right. bought a home and, you know, yeah. we need to grow our population. But we need to do that by telling people how, what is there? The good, the good stories. Yeah, the good yes. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has their bad stories, but you got to focus on the good absolutely. stuff, absolutely, mm -hmm. as much as you can. You bet. I, I think people today would look at the United States of America and the whole world, actually, and say we're at a very crucial point of possibly turning in the wrong direction. Yeah, but we don't have to turn the wrong direction here. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I think uh, as as you've unpacked your story today, and I really appreciate this. We wanted to talk about the homeless. We're going to do that another time. Okay, because um, <laughs> we're just out of time here today, but. Uh, you went into this to make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, you went into public service to make a difference. And uh, by virtue of that foundation that was over many decades, and to see where you are today, you're the perfect leader for our community. Oh, thank you so much. I, I uh, You can't see me, but I'm blushing. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So, so, but I mean that, Mayor. Um, there's just so much richness about your experience, about the way we've seen you handle things. Yes. Um, and um, as complicated as saying, what do you all think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you still want to know. And and you want to do something about it to make an effective change. And, and, and I don't say this lightly. I think that Topeka is at a crucial place today. You listed the great assets, mm -hmm. but you also listed that one liability. If we can overcome that mm -hmm. and really be the kind of community that we are – created to be, mm -hmm. um, with people coming together, yes, differences, yes, different ideas, what's most important. Mm -hmm. um, but if we can really go against that grain and to make an impact and a difference, then we can stand out amongst ourselves and we can also be really truly the community that is that golden city. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you for saying yes to not only this podcast, but also to be the mayor of this community. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's a privilege to serve the city. Uh, it's a privilege to meet with all the people that I have had the opportunity to meet with because they're busy. Mm -hmm. They're involved with raising families and getting kids to back to school mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all those things. Mm -hmm. 
and for them to find time for me too is important uh, to me that they uh, give me that opportunity to be involved and, and listen to them as well. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you've seized the opportunity and, <laughs> and stepped in again. <laughs> thank you. So sir. thank you, Mayor, for coming. Thank you for listening to our community, our mission here on primary election day. Um, August the 2nd of 2022. You've heard from Mayor Mike Padilla and his life story, this part of it anyway, about service. And uh, you heard a little bit about just some miracles that are happening right now with kids in our community. If you'd like more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to the website, which is trmonline.org. That's trmonline.org. If you have, you're listening to this today, get out and vote. Uh, Thank you, Mayor. Have you back again. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to our community, our mission.